Hi, I'm Harry. And I'm Simon. Together we sell all sorts of antiques and collectibles from our two auction houses in Windsor and in Devon. But where do the items come from? Join us as we chat about house clearances, our weird and wonderful finds. And interview others in the antiques and auction trade. And if we're honest, just about any other topic that happens to come to mind. Welcome back to The Gavel and the Gavel. It's me, Harry, and I am joined by... It's me! Hello, Simon. <laughs> Every time. Oh, my God. I, I just love the look on your face. It's just pure terror. Why? <laughs> how, how are you? I am magnificent. Thank you for asking, Harry. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm on a high. Um, as you know, I did a uh, charity auction and uh, we made lots of money for a community cause, the in Eaton Information Centre. It looked very swanky. Yeah, I did look quite swanky. Not as swanky as all of the guests who were all suitably black tied and cocktail dressed up. You were rocking the black and white penguin suit. You were rocking (laughs) it. I was. uh, But yeah, so that was good. So I I was on a hike. We made over £7,000 off 15 lots or something. Fabulous. That's brilliant. Which for a local charity is pretty good. It's amazing. And they're really happy. And it was in a nice hotel in winter, Castle Hotel. They've really got it. They've nailed it, that lot. Your wife sent me a lovely picture of you on the rostrum in your penguin suit. It was very impressive. Thank you for that. <laughs> as, as one person described it, quite a large penguin. A penguin that had found lots of fish. Yes, it's quite well fed. That's a very well fed penguin up there asking me for money. That penguin's doing very well at hunting its fish. Yeah, I tell you something I did sell that night, which is bizarre and was great fun. In Eton, they are opening in a in a very old restaurant called the Cockpit, a medieval themed banqueting centre where you sit at big tables and drink mead and eat food off metal plates or something and you get your picture taken in the stocks and all this sort of stuff and they were very clever they donated a meal for 10 or something and it got up to like 750 800 pounds and then the chap who donated it because there were two people battling it out at 50 pound a gallon went do you know what it's a good cause we're new to the town and donated two Clever boy, that is fantastic. So you doubled the take on that. I'm not sure that one of the parties was actually as enamoured with that as 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 you think, because I think they were just trying to bid it along. The next thing they know, they were in <laughs> the best part of a grand to buy dinner in the dinner in the stocks or something. But it was good. It was great fun. Lovely evening. Nice people. Oh, that's great. Well done, you. No, not well done, me. But it, it, I to tell you what, people like the Ritz had donated tea for two, Coworth Park, some really nice things. So there's, it was good to make some money. Uh, how's your week been? Not a great deal of penguin dressing up, if the truth be known. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been all right. We're we're a little low on staff, so uh, we're a little bit fraught at the auction house. But nothing we can't get through. Uh, we've got some nice bits coming in for auction. Um, I've fallen in love with a Victorian huge bookcase, which I know sounds pretty dull, but it is quite dramatic and impressive and wonderful, and is looking very nice in our sale room. So very pleased with that. Um, um, I saw, I saw that you've got a fantastic Victorian, um, a bird automaton. Bird automaton. Yes. A little tweeting bird that is a clockwork wind up um, automaton with uh, bellows, the Victorian bellows. This thing is amazing. Close your eyes. You would think you're in the most amazing woodland in the most amazing countryside. It is so true 
to the natural world. It is beyond belief. When we're all used to mobile phones and all this electronic noise and background, this is so pure and magnificent. People should look it out on the old Instagram. It is a work of Victorian art. Thank you for remembering that, Harry. I'm here for you, mate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, we have had some lovely bits in, some very nice tin plate signs. It should be an interesting and quite exciting auction, but only time will tell, as we both know, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it, we never know what's going to happen on the day, the joy of our job. I know what did happen on the day, the last time we were on there, which I'm just going to share with our listener because uh, it gave me a proper chuckle. Um, was uh, poor Uncle Harry was getting a bit tired towards the end of the auction. Don't shake your head. It's all right. I was, actually, to be fair. You were getting a little bit jaded. And, um, Only however, one pack of jelly babies. That's the issue. Well, we're cutting you down because uh, trainer Jim <laughs> or whatever his name is has told us. Daryl, don't diss Daryl. Don't diss Daryl. <laughs> trainer Daryl has told us to cut you down a little bit. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's just. And And the consequence of that was that when we got to lot 400 and whatever it was, and we had um, a vintage set of Le Creuset cookware, you decided to call it a collection of Le Creuset cockware. <laughs> Which did get a good old laugh from the audience, I have to say. But, we might, Daryl, we might have to up the intake on the Jelly Babies before <laughs> yeah. we get, get cancelled on the rostrum because Harry oh. is fading in the last hundred lots. And It's not the worst thing I've said. It's not the worst thing you said. By the way, I have, I have got a story for you um, about bad days. So I spoke to a gentleman that we work with in Wales who does house clearances and he had left a message for me to give him a quick call and uh, he obviously had some stuff he wanted to discuss coming to auction. I phoned him up. He sounded exceptionally stressed. And I said, friend, you really don't sound good. He said, I am having the worst day ever. Now, when people say that, you think... Really? You just exaggerate. Why? Come on then, what's happening? So their instruction for this particular house clearance, this house had been empty for a while and was going to be empty for quite a while. They didn't have the keys for it, but the bank had asked them to secure the property, get everything out of it, sell everything saleable, and then secure the property so that it could sit there quietly until they worked out what to do with the estate. Fairly commonplace. They'd been given the address. Nick had sent them out uh, to to go and secure the property and then had got some very irate phone calls from the police. It turns out that they were supposed to go to number 64 Lower High Street and they just went to 64 High Street. And when the gentleman came back from Tesco's... What, and started emptying the house? Started at what? No, no, no drilled the locks because they had no keys, drilled his locks out, <laughs> replaced all his locks, and then went in and wondered why the heating was still on and it looked very livable and, you know, there was a, there were mugs on the side. Fortunately, at that point, the owner came home, was rather concerned that this bunch of Herberts seemed to be blatantly burgling his house in broad daylight. Do With lorries. With lorries, with lorries. And you know what? The sweet thing is, is that this chap said it could have been a million times. Actually, 
this guy was very understanding. And when we promised to put everything back exactly as it was, you know, his post had constantly gone to the other house. Their post comes to their house, deliveries. And he was like, but I never quite expected this. So that that is a bad day at the office. I think we should all remember that. Now that we're past the bad days, um, we've got an interview coming up, haven't we, mate? We have. We are going to interview now. And I'll, I, you usually do the introductions because you do them so well, Harry. But I will introduce this gentleman only to be honest and say I have known this gentleman for 10 years and he has been a customer at Lion Bay Auctions. He is a trader in Bridport of long standing. Him and his wife run a fabulously successful antique business and um, recycling type business and high high end antique business. He is a hugely knowledgeable gentleman, a great friend um, and somebody that I often turn to for advice from, you know, when we get some very rare and interesting antiques because he has such amazing knowledge. So I am going to be absolutely delighted for you and I to interview Mr. Richard Payne Withers. I am delighted that we are being joined by a man famous, integral in the Bridport antiques scene. He's got the alleyways, he's got Bridport antiques, so the alleyways and antique centre. He has been involved in the scene there for a long, long time and kept Bridport on the antique map. I am delighted and privileged to welcome Richard Payne with us to the podcast. Thank you, Richard. Nice to see you, mate. How are you? Very well. Nice to see you too. And Simon, really appreciate you inviting me onto this podcast. Well, I've got to I've got to intro you a little bit and tell our listener one thing that uh, I've got to we've got to fess up a little bit here, Rich, haven't we? In that we have actually known you for quite some time now, a good 10, 12 years. Um, we've actually done a lot of business with you over the years. Um, you've bought at our auctions. You've been to our auctions. In fact, I've been with my wife and kids to the alleyways, to Bridport Antiques. I've bought from you. And I'm delighted that you've agreed to come on the podcast because, as Harry has said, the Bridport scene in the southwest it's a really thriving, fantastic town when it comes to arts and antiques, isn't it, Richard? Oh, definitely. It's very vibrant, um, especially the art and vintage quarter on St. Michael's because quite, we've had quite a few of our original traders have actually moved on from us and opened up their same their own shops uh, just around the corner from us on the, on the art and vintage quarter, so it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And for those people that don't know... Um, in Bridport, uh, as, as we say, very vibrant uh, scene for arts and antiques and collectibles. Now, Richard, you run a big chunk of what's called the St. Michael's Trading Estate. Now, that sounds like a trading estate. What it really is, though, well, you describe it, Richard. It's, it's a thriving mecca for people that are into antiques and trading. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this section we're in, we've called the Art and Vintage Quarter for that very reason. Um, basically, there's artist studios and obviously the alleyways and Bridport Antiques and the other shops and a great cafe, the Red Brick. The Red Brick Cafe. Oh, no, hang on. There you go. See, now I'm, I'm back. I'm back in the room. <laughs> I'm back in the room. Hold on. There's a cafe. Sorry, what I was picking up on there, 
uh, Richard, is that, that you started with the alleyways. So not you started with the alleyways, but some of these dealers started in your antique centre and you've nurtured them, so to speak. They've done so well that they've now gone on to open their own shops. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Quite a few I of mean, them. I mean, that alone, you must be so proud of the fact that, you know, they're like pushing these dealers out into the world. They're like fledging, aren't they? And off they go and do that's that's amazing you must be rich that's i'd be so proud if that was me yeah i i must admit sam and i my wife runs the alleyways now but we've been very proud of the fact that we've been a catalyst for you know people who've dipped their toe in the water so to speak in the antiques and vintage and collectibles that they've been able to go out and actually expand into their own shop it's amazing yeah and you yourself you yourself have got So you've got the alleyways, which, uh, for those that don't know it, and anybody that ever goes anywhere near Bridport should head straight to the alleyways um, and have a look around because, what are we talking, 40-odd traders, Richard? Yeah, um, we've got about six, 7,000 square feet Yeah, uh, with about 40 traders in there, plus um, our own stuff, which is more Sam's side of it uh, because she's into the pine um, reclaim and painted furniture. So, yeah, she's doing. She sort of gave up her normal job five years ago, <laughs> and said that she retired. <laughs> <laughs> she works more now than she ever has done. Isn't that the way? <laughs> and, yeah. and give yeah. us give us a flavour because I mean we love um, my Susie and I and the kids. We love coming to the alleyways, walking around. It's a feast on the senses. There is so much to see. But give our beautiful listener a flavour of what they get when they come to the alleyways. Well, they always get greeted with a warm, friendly face. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, That's the wife, not me. Um, And we've got a great team down there. We really have. And, you know, walking around, each um, dealer, trader, has got its own separate area that's literally walled off. So they can dress it. They can put their own personal touch on it. So you'll see anything from lamps, art, antiques, furniture, you name it. There's a kitchen area. We've got a corner called the book corner where you, you there's a plethora of books there. Um, but it, you know, it's, it covers literally everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really does. And it's just a fantastic opportunity. It's, it's a great way to spend because you can spend half a day in there without any problem at all. Yeah, easily. And Mate, easily. there's 7,000 square feet in a cafe. I can spend a week in there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you need to leave the cafe at some point, Harry, right? Well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're not going to throw a rotund auctioneer out who keeps them in profit. So right. Oh, no, definitely not. Not with a good, especially if you've got a good appetite. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll struggle by. And Bridport Antiques, that's, that's your baby, right? Yeah. Um, about five and a half, six years ago, I'd always wanted to have more of an antique shop. Um, and I took on the mantle of uh, taking on a lease in West Street. Unfortunately, due to circumstances, the current climate, the past climate, um, we hit the buffers a bit on that one. So what I decided to do was I had an extra 3,000 feet to the side of the alleyways that I had anyway. So it made common sense to cut one's cloth. Um, A couple of my dealers had retired or moved away. So Derek Stacy of Stacy Antiques and I and the cabinets, people who rented cabinets, uh, we decorated, cleaned it all out and opened 
the second generation of Bridport Antiques, so to speak. And it, it looks absolutely fantastic, Richard. I have been in there and had a look around, and it really is fantastic. And, I mean, you've got to say, at, at the Bridport Antiques section of the alleyways, we're talking about some pretty high-end stuff, right? Oh, God, yeah. Um, we tend to, we're looking there to do hit the mid to high range market. Um, you know, you can buy something for as little as 50 or 100 pounds if you're collecting something small, or you can spend, well, 5,000 pounds on a table or a sideboard, or, and it ranges also is the periods. It stretches all the way from Edwardian right back to Stuart. Wow, excellent! So you've got the you've it's gradually it, you can go into the uh, centre. You can pick up anything from you know contemporary to you know for to antiques there. But then if you move forward to your baby to the Bridport Antiques, you're really you're really seeing the proper antiques, the real McCoy stretching across periods. I'm interested. Is it do you sell online as well, or is it just in the shop? Yeah, we've got uh, we're with two online companies. Plus, we've got BridportAntiques.shop, so which is its own shop as well. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I mean, a prime example which made me laugh yesterday: one of my silver dealers bought in some beautiful silver napkins. Um, one um, one of my good ladies put it online in the morning, and it posted out this morning. Wow, in, within wow. 24 hours, it not only sold, but it was posted out and on its way, which was even blew my mind, that one. That's got to be the quickest that's, online yeah. sale ever. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? So you, you're traditional bricks and mortar, but you're also embracing the modern day uh, yeah. online and that sort of stuff. I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's a great operation. I'm very jealous because Simon's got to go there. I haven't got to go. Absolutely. No, you must go, Harry. You must go. It's absolutely brilliant. It's the it's the beating heart of what Bridport is all about over in, you know, West Dorset, I think. The alleyways and the antique quarter, uh, the arts and what did you call it? Cultural and arts? Art art and vintage quarter. Art and vintage quarter. And you can spend you can spend a day there easily. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. I mean... If you think about it, I mean, we've been there for about 16 years. Yeah. And it is now a destination point, the alleyways, that is. And that supports all the other businesses, galleries and everything else that's down there. Um, we're open seven days a week. So, you know, I think we shut for three days a year or two days a year. And that's it. For Simon's birthday and Christmas, is that? <laughs> yeah. Richard. Funny yeah, you yeah, should yeah, say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> like the rest of the Southwest, everybody shuts down for Simon's birthday. Absolutely. And you know what's even more lovely? He entertains us all with a great yeah, quality. Yeah, he's very generous like that, isn't he, Richard? Oh, I'm amazed. His generosity knows no bounds. David, if you can edit this lot out, please, I will pay you a sizable sum. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, thank you, both of you. Um, Richard, tell us, tell our listeners, how did you get involved in this? How did your journey, because it's quite a piece of infrastructure you've got, quite a, a such a successful business there now, but how did you get started, my friend? Well, I've, I've got a very checkered career. Um, having been in the film and television industry, been in customer servicing side, even worked for London Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, and Whipsnade Zoo um, as customer service manager and duty manager. But I got made redundant and I was sort of kicking my heels a bit. And uh, we started to actually sell antiques, just the odd few, and I got a taste for it. And the previous owner 
to the alleyways who started it, bless his socks, um, I rented some space and my father-in-law was already in there. There was only five traders in there and wow. it was just an empty, vacant spot. And he twisted my arm and I took a, a unit and within a month took three. And the whole thing started actually doing that was because my mother turned around and gave my sister and I a thousand pounds each. And I thought, oh, you know, pub sounds like a good idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, so I blew a thousand pounds on antiques and that's it. Uh, from that, I then, within a couple of years, I bought out the guy who was there. And um, by that time, there was only half a dozen of us in there and slowly molded it, changed it and took it forward. And now we have, we did have up to 50 before I put, um, Bridport Antiques next door, mm. but uh, we needed the space for Bridport Antiques, so we reduced it down to forty. And and what and what people may not realise is that when you say forty, that's basically forty shops in this antique quarter that yeah. you can go and visit, which is why it is such a destination for the southwest now. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's a bit like a shopping mall. You it know? is, yeah. Um, and the alleyways has become like the anchor to the art and vintage quarter. I shouldn't probably, I don't want to blow my own trumpet on that. No, no you no. should. Yeah. We'll do it. Don't worry, Richard. We're going to do it for you. <laughs> it is the anchor. I mean, the more you talk, the more I'm, the more I'm just, I'm just so impressed. You know, we interview a lot of people on this who um, put their necks out and, and are keen to help others in the industry. And yes, I know it's a business and you charge for space and all the rest of it. But I'm pretty confident that you could probably charge a lot more and be more avaricious about the whole thing. But what you've actually seemed to have done is established a business that is good for the town and good for everybody else. And it's not just about yourself. And I think you should be applauded for that. Not enough people. We're in charge of looking after your ego and we will tell you that <laughs> that is a really, you know, that is an ab people are full of admiration for guys like you. Because you put your neck on the block. You were the one took out the, the head lease. Simon's nodding along and absolutely, you know, he's probably more embarrassed to say this straight to your face because he sees you more often. But we talk about this sort of stuff all the time. And we, this is what the industry needs. It needs people like you to have their backs and push them up the ladder and help them out. You know, young dealers, we always bang on about this. They need people like you to help them get involved. Oh, gosh, I tell you what. I'm, I love it when certainly young teenagers come in and especially into my side of it where they sort of stick their head in the door and say, is it all right if we come in and look around? And I say, yeah. And they ask questions. And, yeah, I just want to enthuse people about antiques because it's been around for hundreds of years, that stuff. You know, you go to somewhere like Ikea uh, sorry, I probably shouldn't say that, but, you know, it's going to last. No, no, it's all right. We're only laughing because absolutely every antique dealer we have on this <laughs> goes, uses that word. <laughs> I've got, I have got an admission to make. I am an Ikea virgin. I've never <laughs> set foot inside it. <laughs> Even though their meatballs are meant to be really good. <laughs> But that's Richard, a, that's, yes, that's a whole different podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's just fun. We love it, and we have great fun. Have a good laugh. Great team. Um, 
it's a bit cold in there in the winter and a bit hot in the summer. But, uh, you know, in the winter we go outside to warm up and in the summer we go outside to cool down because it's such a big building. But, uh, you know, it's fun and it's people love it. They really do. And, and I feel very proud of that. And that's also thanks. Don't so forget, you should. You know, a lot of this to do is because my wife got involved, you know, and she's been back, you know, been behind me all the way. And I'd just like to say we did try to get Sam on the podcast and exactly the same as Harry's wife and exactly the same as my wife. They went, no, (laughs) (laughs) you three can make complete idiots of yourselves. That's absolutely fine. But don't think you're dragging me along for the ride. (laughs) I tell you what, that just reminds me of something. I was on Antiques Road Trip and it was really funny. It was lovely. They said, oh, we'd be in an hour and a half. With a date here with an auctioneer, and we'd be in and out in a flash. Sam disappeared. <laughs> Could you couldn't see her for dust? And Izzy, it was um, Izzy and uh, Catherine, Catherine, because they then yeah. came to Lime Bay auctions. That's right, she did. And the funniest thing about it all was they both turned up two film crews. Not an hour and a half; they were there four hours. <laughs> but you know what the worst thing was. Um, it, we'd just come out of lockdown and literally the Friday before the Monday of lockdown, I had all my, a whole load of my teeth out. So I spent the whole time trying not to smile because I had just <laughs> gaps. <laughs> and uh, a lot of my friends still laugh about it. But I mean, to sort of get interviewed on TV or do that show with no, t- well, very few teeth because I couldn't get the dentures. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry about the lack of hair. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. I seem to have, in this particular record, dear listener, I've I've been complaining about, about the fact I've lost even more hair than I lost before. Um yeah, we so that's the that's the one of the road trips that they recorded at Lime Bay Orchards. Yeah, yeah. so they came from the alleyways, Harry, and then Ripple Antiques. All in there, son. <laughs> um and then they came the next day to us and we auctioned the items that they bought from uh, Richard and the gang. There you go. Yeah, it, so was, that, it literally was just after yeah. the, the most intense lockdown because it was the most bizarre recording, wasn't it? Because you all had to be like 900 miles away from each other. And we could, and we, and Simon and I had to sort of sit apart because we auctioned simultaneously. The whole thing was hard work, I think. Oh, it was, it was hard work. And they couldn't even give you the money. They had to put it down on a table. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't shake well, hands. Well, unlike your wife, Simon and I both ran towards the cameras. I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> going, film me, film me, quick. <laughs> love me, love me. <laughs> so, Richard, give us it because you've been doing this a while now. And, you know, we are hugely impressed with Brookport Antiques and the alleyways and all the rest of it. Let's take a sort of a, a, a bit of a, a step change and say, tell us a little bit about how you have been in this industry for, for a while, um, made a success of it. How do you source the items? Where do the items come from? Um, you know, what sort of things can you tell us about uh, your good buys and your bad buys, that yeah. sort of thing? Well, I mean, the, the whole world is our market. Um, obviously, we, as you said, you know, we come to you. We Sorry to say this. We do go to other auction houses. Pardon? Um, what? Hold what? on. Stop. Stop. Hold on. Whoa, Stop. whoa, whoa, whoa. You, t- you, said, it, you said it was <laughs> just me. You no, no. said... I. Oh, well, you know, poetic license. 
But on, I must say, on. the Simon, best... Are th- Simon, hang on, Richard. Are there other auction houses in, in your area? No. Simon, I <laughs> no, don't there believe... Aren't. I can't believe there aren't. that. There aren't. <laughs> okay, Richard. But would you, I'm, you I'm know, hurt. I'm hurt. I'm well, hurt. no, I've got to say one thing. The best auction house to go to is a place called Lime Bay Auctions. Okay, you're Especially redeemed. Especially if they've got jelly babies. <laughs> you're back in. You're yeah, back okay. in the fold, Richard. <laughs> See, you're now my favourite. Okay, let's yeah, go. Yeah, you're back in. You're <laughs> Do you realise that when I go to the pub, and bump into a couple of auctioneer friends of mine, they're not going to talk to me now. (laughs) (laughs) My commission charges have just gone through the roof. (laughs) Shout out to Mike Dark at Bridport Auctions. Yeah, Yeah, that's going to go well. (laughs) Either that or it's going to cost me a few pints of Guinness. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about where you find these items. Yeah, so um, house clearances, uh, people phoning up, um, actually other, other auction shops. Uh, sorry, um, antique shops. I mean, we, we you can't keep my wife away from all um, antique shops. Whenever we go away, it's like a busman's holiday. Um, so, yeah, and I'll tell you a funny one. Oh, in the early days of this, I got asked to do my first major house clearance because that's always a good way, you know. And I walked into this house, big, massive mansion, and I said, okay, so w- what do you want to sell? And she said, well, let me see, um, that, 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 and that, four items she pointed to. Um, I said, okay, no, 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 I'm keeping those. The rest of it's got to go. And I made a very quick dis- uh, visit to the bank manager and said, look, I've got this deal going on. I need to borrow quite a few thousand pounds. <laughs> it was a lot. And I bought the whole house. Fantastic. Oh, really? Everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything. But... Um, the, the the lovely thing was there was a painting she was given. I mean, she was in her 80s then. She was given for her 21st, and she didn't know who it was or anything else. And I said, I think it's f- French, but there was no signature that I could find. Cut a very long story quickly. I paid her f- for it, and I said, look, if I find out this is going to be worth more, I'll be back and see you. And about Oh, six weeks later, I'd researched it and traced it all the way back to the 1700s in Paris to the original owner, sold it, and it turned out to be Louis the Fourteenth, the Dauphin, uh, Grand Dauphin, the son. Oh, and wow. Yeah. And so I drove all the way up to where she'd moved to in Bedfordshire to see her and to say hi and give her a check for a few thousand pounds. Oh, fantastic. What a super yeah. story. Wow. Yeah, that stood, you, that stood you in good stead for a long time, Richard. Being good enough to uh, honour what you say—that's that's the mark of a man, isn't it? Well, I think so. I mean, the thing is, everybody that's in this business, you get those great deals every now and then. Um, but if it, if it goes obscenely big, um, you know, you should you should reimburse. You know, yeah. that's me personally. Okay, yeah, um, yeah no, and I, I think no, we agree. Pure, yeah, I agree. Uh, which which puts you very much in line with auction houses because our view is we will take our percentage, so we will get as much as we possibly can for you as well. Because yeah. the bigger it sells, everybody wins. Everybody wins. So you know, it's nice that that ethos is out there in the trading community as well as in the auction community as well. Yeah. Well, in every and- business transaction, both parties should be happy and benefit. Absolutely, should be a win-win scenario. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Indeed. And tell us, tell us about a few of the uh, the deals that maybe haven't gone as well as you'd hoped. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I bought some a pair of uh, beautiful wine glasses, and didn't realise that. Dear listener, were... for those of you who can't see, Richard has got his head in his hands, <laughs> <laughs> and it was probably the most embarrassing one. I put. I should have known better. When I was with John Lewis, I was in China and Glass. I should have known better, and I mispriced them. And they turned out to be worth, I sold them for about 40, 60 quid. Turned out to be worth 800 pounds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she never came back and gave me anything. <laughs> it doesn't work but, both know, ways. Yeah, you've got to laugh. You know, you've got to laugh. I mean, sorry, I'm rattling gone. But a little while ago, my wife bought a load of stuff for the alleyways. And in amongst it were three etchings. And she said, look, I'm, these aren't any good for me in the alleyways. Do you want them? I said, yeah, how much do you want for them? She said, well, I paid £80 for the lot. I said, well, how much do you want for these three etchings? She said, £80. <laughs> I went, hang on a minute. Hang you've on. got a whole load of... I said, OK. I, I noticed one of them. When she saw it go through the books for £895... <laughs> yeah hang on hang on richard i've got to get this straight right so your wife runs the alleyways you run bridport antiques yes but you buy and sell from each other yeah <laughs> so there is the you are running the risk oh my god i feel i feel unwell you're running the risk of like you just did with your etching of profiteering out of your wife not knowing what something is <laughs> or the other way around of her making money out of you yeah. <laughs> That's clarified that. So yeah, got that straight. Um, so what so the evening um the evening after or the evening of the day that she finds out you've made a um one uh, what is that? tenfold profit on uh, out of her etching. How'd that go? What's it like at your house then? Just checking. She laughed. Asking for a friend. She laughed. <laughs> you didn't have to sleep in the car. No, no. But do bear in mind, it all goes in the same pot, doesn't it, at the end of the day? <laughs> but it's just fun when those sort of things happen. I mean, it was it was a brilliant etching. But I, as soon as I saw it, I knew what it was. And I thought, you should, I was trying to negotiate with it to get the price down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job you didn't. Now, I'll tell you, Harry, that. I've got to tell you something here as well about mm. our Richard. This is a little bit embarrassing for us, not him. Um, Trust me, I've been embarrassed. We've been recording all afternoon. It's about the 10th time I've been embarrassed. <laughs> so um, we can't do what Richard does, you know, run Bridport Antiques and all the rest of it. But no, we, we Richard and I, how many charity auctions have we done? Oh, no. How many charity <laughs> auctions have we done for the local hospice in Bridport? Have we done oh, three? For the three? Living Tree? I think it's three. We've three, done three, it? and I did one with Mike Dark. Now, that was, <laughs> you, yeah, Mike Dart is a great auction runner. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, Harry. Um, we, so I was asked by a lady who raises huge amounts of funds, a uh, lovely lady called Roz in Bridport. Um, if, I know Roz. Yeah, you do know Roz. Lovely lady. Yeah, I know Roz. Yeah, um, yeah. She was at our last auction. In fact, she's at most auctions. Um, 
and we were asked to do um, auction of gifts and uh, donations um, and raise as much money. And I said, okay, you know, what's the score? And they said, well, Richard is going to be your fellow auctioneer and it's going to be in a pub. So Richard and I were in, right? We were in. <laughs> um, here's the annoying thing. He's actually a blooming good auctioneer as well. Oh, come straight on. off the bat, straight off the bat, went in there, auctioned. What did we do? We did five lots each. We had nearly 100 lots to get through. I mean, we had toilet seats and and, and tea towels with kittens on. And oh, my what? word. Oh, it was. And it was. And the more they drank, the more carnage it got. But Richard, you did an amazing job, and we raised a good few quid, didn't we? Oh God, yeah, we raised hundreds. Yeah. But how long did that hundred lots in a pub take? Oh my that, God. I mean, that fills me with dread. Oh, it did take. It must have been what I. We didn't finish till about ten, ten thirty. <laughs> you started know, at no. midday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, started exactly. at midday. Yeah, exactly. But no, you're you're being very flattering, Simon. I'm not an auctioneer. I just had fun because you were there. It was great. We had we had a great we had a good time, didn't we? It was a, we lot, had a hell of a lot of fun. Richard, stop it! Stop buttering him up too much. <laughs> and now I sit next. I sit next to him all the time, and that's the only reason why I've got a job. This is oh. so good. Get away. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, and our, our wives had a, a good time as well, judging by the yeah. state of them by the end of the evening. Yeah. The gin and tonics were flowing. We were in a pub, so that was all right. That was good. So, Richard, let's let's move on a bit. What advice would you give to a budding trader, uh, somebody who wants to get into the antiques business because you know at the level you that's you know like you say you've got to have some deep pockets at some point but yeah. to start off what would your advice be to a budding young trader buy what you like because yeah. the thing is if you buy something you like you're more likely to sell it um to be honest if you've bought something you don't like it's it it the feeling goes out there so that's one thing. Start small. Um, a lot of our people in our, our place, especially the ones that moved on to larger uh, to have their own shops, started off with what a 60, 80 square foot little stand um, and then progressed up from that. So, but don't go over the top. The most important thing is, however big your unit is, if you're starting in a place like us, keep it clean, keep it well stocked, move the stock around, change the stock. Um, and take advice from other people like ourselves about how much to charge for it because so so often I see either it's ridiculously cheap which I don't like that word <laughs> but you know silly money or it's the other extreme and then they wonder why they're not selling anything so you've got to hit the market right and and listen to people like yourselves you know anybody with experience in it you know listen to them Ask for ask for help because they, anybody you know this in our business, we love to impart knowledge and to encourage people. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and of course, you're absolutely right. And the alleyways or similar, uh, we have to be fair. Around the country, there are individuals like yourself who run these big, you know, vintage marketplaces. The ability to cut your cloth, as you would say, and have a small unit where you're surrounded by traders, so you're therefore surrounded by knowledge, 
and experience um, is a great way to get started. Yes. Yeah. And don't don't just turn up once a month or once every two months. Make sure you pop in on a regular basis. Meet people. I mean, we're social people, obviously, because I mean, we like a beer. But I mean, that besides that, you know, we like interacting with people. And that's what half of it is. Um, if you don't interact, if you don't network, um, and I don't mean networking in the cliche word, but just talking, talk about what you love. And if you only particularly love silver or you particularly like um, Staffordshire China, it doesn't matter. Then follow that lead and then you can expand into other things as you learn. Absolutely. And what would you say? What would you say is your passion then? Because I mean, crikey, I've been to your your to Bridport. There's everything. I mean, it is a cacophony. It's fantastic. There's silver. There's artwork. There's furniture. There's there's absolutely everything. But what about you? What's your passion? Would you say to me, it's furniture. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's my my main love. Um, that's why you know, like all the cabinets. I mean, I've got my smalls in cabinets um, anyway, because when you're buying on bulk or i might well when i come to you i might suddenly see something and think actually i like that mm-hmm. so i buy it and sam would turn around to me and say, what did you buy that for <laughs> i said because i like it that's what you do that's the soundtrack of simon is my life <laughs> what, on earth, what on earth have you done that for what on earth have you done that for <laughs> yeah so yeah but it's mainly furniture yeah and i like i, I like the older furniture i don't i Edwardian and further back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I find it, some Edwardian a bit prissy, um, Victorian, but I do like my Georgian, um, even go back to Tudor. Um, right. I've got a couple of Tudor pieces in at the moment, which are, to, in my opinion, to die for. And you enjoy having them in the shop for a bit. That's oh, yeah. the problem, is that if you really like something and it arrives and somebody comes in the next day and goes, I want to buy that, that I'm, I'm imagine when you really like something, is that, well, do you, do you really want to buy it now? Couldn't you come back in a week? Because I kind of want to own it for a bit. You know what I mean? No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I want to treasure I, it. You know, I, yeah, I, I bought I, that because I love it. <laughs> yeah. I want that to be mine. It doesn't have to be mine forever, but I just want to keep it for a bit longer. What, you want well, me to take it now? No, no, no. no, no. I think, Simon, you've been to our house, haven't you? I think. I can't remember. Uh, no, no, you, no, you wouldn't not. let We've me across the threshold. You're a sensible man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, all that's all the other rules. Yeah, that's all the other rules. Yeah, that's all the other rules. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I see. In fact, there must be one behind the sofa now. <laughs> <laughs> Get down, Mike. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the other classic is you see something and you bring it home. You know, and we live in a, a nice cottage. It's mainly pine, which is Sam's speciality is pine. I'm not, I like it, but it doesn't sell in my shop. Um, so every now and then I suddenly find something's gone and it's been replaced with something else because <laughs> Sam has bought something at auction. Uh, in fact, actually, it was at your auction, Simon. Oh, really? Uh, you know Derek Stacy? Yes, yes. He's um, he sold about twenty odd years ago this beautiful big unit cupboard chest on uh, cupboard on drawers, huge bloody thing in pine. <laughs> Sam bought it from you at auction. We went and picked it up, and Derek turned around to me and said, "I don't believe it. I sold that twenty years ago." <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So there's. It, Thing, that is another interesting thing in this business, how you see things over the years. 
suddenly reappear that you come back around and it's done the rounds and i've uh, the most i've had is i've had something back twice bought it back twice really not because they didn't like it but because either they've moved or Mm. bereavement or whatever yeah, um, and it, and isn't that the interesting thing again about antiques? Is that they have multiple lives because they're well made, because they're beautifully built, because you know they survive a removals firm moving them from A to B to C. Unlike the modern stuff that which shall remain nameless from certain vendors. <laughs> but this, you know, we talk about this all the time. Harry and I sustainable. Uh, the sustainable ethos of uh, this trade in, and the fact that you, Richard, see these items come round again and again and again goes to show how well and how sustainable these items are because they have multiple lives with multiple families and multiple houses. Yeah. I mean, bear in mind, we are the original recyclers. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. we've been recycling for hundreds of years. Yeah. Not me personally, but perhaps <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, te- I tell you what, I would also implore, if there are any of our listeners that... Now, uh, apologies for this, Richard. If you want to learn a bit about proper antiques and see, head over, head over to Richard's website because he has got an amazing eye for beautiful, beautiful furniture. Not all of us can get to Bridport. Not all of us, you know, people... Uh, it is worth looking at Bridport. Is it Bridport.shop? No, Bridport Antiques, all one word, dot shop. Or just Google Bridport Antiques. Bridport Antiques. Because I tell you what, on a regular basis, you will see some of the most stunning, stunning antique furniture. I always thoroughly enjoy heading over to Bridport. I always make a beeline uh, for Richard's shop because I will see things that I have potentially never seen before. And probably won't see again because you've got a great eye for that sort of stuff. I tell you I tell you what Simon what we're going to do is um if you haven't had time to jot all that down in the uh, description of the uh, episode we're going to put all the links to Richard's various enterprises um so that people Thank can you. find it all there Absolutely. and get straight and get straight there. Um what I wanted to say because I'm we're sort of hurtling towards the end of yeah. our uh, chat is um, if you are in the area, um, Bridport area, and or you have a passion for antiques, arts, vintage, and all the rest of it, it is well worth booking yourself half a day a day in the hot in that quarter. Um, when Simon and I first entertained buying an auction house down that way, it was the way it's where we headed to to chat about the auction house and all the rest of it we were acquiring down there, and it is. It's inspirational and it, you know, and that's a lot of that is down to Richard. So I know I keep sort of singing his praises and all the rest of it, but it is important. And if you are, if, if this is your thing, which most people who are listening to the gavel and the gavel, make an effort, get down there, have a look, support the traders, um, go to the alleyways, go to Bridport Antiques. But there are others there. Richard won't, won't mind me saying that because he, yeah. sort of, he wants, he wants everybody to do well. Um, and uh, it's you know you can spend a good day losing yourself, immersing yourself into that quarter, can't you, Simon? Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's a brilliant place, and it you know Bridport for those in the know and not just in the southwest is a bit of a mecca. Tell us a little yeah. bit about the uh, the vintage market as well, because that's another well, fabulous yeah. thing that Bridport hosts. Well, that's um, it was something that was started some years ago, um, and it got stopped. Uh, Sam and I restarted it, oh gosh, about eight, eight, nine years ago, restarted it. 
and it's it's like a carnival atmosphere. It is. Um, besides all the shops being open, the cafe and the galleries, you've also got we actually pull in a lot of independent traders. Um, and we close off the roadway through there, so it becomes an, a street market as well. Food vendors, musicians, the whole lot. And that happens the last Sunday in the month from March through to October. Um, starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. And people travel for miles around. I mean, we've had at least 1,000 to 2,000 visitors during that day. Um, and it's a great atmosphere. And it really has... It's helped local restaurants, uh, local hotels, and the other shops that are open in town on that day. And, of course, we've got the Red Brick Cafe that does a fantastic breakfast that day. <laughs> really does. <laughs> they do. There you and- go, Harry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all I'm, Mate, I was already booking. I'm just, just checking what I'm doing on the last – Is did you say the last Sunday of the month? Yep. 26th of March is the next – Onwards, is the first right. This I'm, year. I'm in. And oh, in fact, I'm probably – I'm, we've got an auction round there. Oh, yeah, we I'm, have, I'm, actually. I'm, 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 and I tell you what, it, it again, for uh, Bridport is a is a market town. It's not a huge yep. town. It's in Dorset. It's what, a couple of miles from the coast, from West Bay, yep. um, which is lovely. So it's just slightly inland. But for whatever reason, and I think a big part of it is down to the alleyways, it has this cachet as this vintage hub where you can go at that the market, that vintage market is is fabulous once a month. And you're right, it, it is like a carnival. It's like a festival of all things vintage and therefore all things recyclable, green, and the street traders with the street food. It's just absolutely brilliant. And I'm, yeah. I'm convinced that, you know, that identity that Bridport has is what keeps that town so vibrant and makes people want to live there. Sure. I mean, it's, it's as you just rightly said, it's a market town anyway with a Wednesday and a Saturday market yeah. all throughout the year. Um, it's got so many festivals. I mean, mm. wine festival, beer festival, <laughs> food oh, hang festival. On. Now yeah. we're talking. <laughs> um, I mean, that's all of us covered, really. <laughs> yeah, it has, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's loads of – there's even a, um, a music festival now, three-day music festival. Is there? Yeah, Jurassic Fields. Uh, oh. That's been going now for about ooh, five or six years. And it's, that's on the big sort of like uh, festival scene. So, and there's a film festival uh, which is acknowledged and uh, affiliated to BAFTA. So, yeah, My word. it's a busy town. Yeah. Really, you've all made an effort, haven't you? you know, well, yeah. And, and I think it's because everybody that's there loves it, you know, and is very proud of being part of Bridport, which is, you know, and it's, it's a lovely place. So come on down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I cannot believe we are virtually out of time. You know when you've got a great guest on, when you look at the clock in the corner and go, oh, crikey, that's it. We are virtually out of time. Harry, off you go. Richard, thank you, mate. It is, I have sung your praises, but I am going to do it again. Um, I don't know you half as well as Simon does, but I. it has been an absolute privilege um, and I'm so grateful that you've uh, spared us um, this time to have a chat. Um, I genuinely think that people who listen to the podcast will now make and even they will put they will put Bridport on their travel plans. Those people who are interested in antiques. They will come and see you and they will come and see uh, Bridport as a whole. And um, mate, thank you so, so much uh, for spending us a bit of time. 
we are hugely, hugely grateful. Well, I want to thank you guys too. It's been it's been fun. It really <laughs> has. Thank you, Richard. We've uh, you've been a great supporter of Lime Bay Auctions as well uh, down here, and we appreciate that. And you've been a great source of knowledge and wisdom as we've got that business uh, off the ground. Um, so thank you for that, and that's why we wanted you on the podcast. Really appreciate it, mate. Great to see you. Cheers. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks, mate. What an interesting guy Richard is. I mean, I've, I mean, during the interview, it's obvious I was fanboying slightly. He really has saved an area and worked so hard on top of having to earn a living at the same time. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, he's, bless him, he is very quick to say, we wanted to get Sam on the podcast as well. We desperately wanted his wife, Sam, to be on because she is a, you know, uh, the, the backbone of the business um, behind every good man is a magnificent women, woman. We all know that. Um, and it's a shame that uh, Sam didn't want to come on. But ha- having said that, a big shout out to Sam, because hopefully she'll listen to this because she is equally as amazing. But yeah, what a, what a, what a great setup. And I implore you, if dear listener, if you are ever within 30 miles of Bridport, the alleyways, Bridport Antiques, go see it. You'll love it. You'll waste a day, if not more. I like him for an extra reason. The reason I like him, not only is it all that, is that he started listening to the podcast, our series of podcasts. His favourite episode is uh, the one where I interview uh, Paul Laidlaw, that you're not in. <laughs> I tell you what, Harry. Um, Due to technical difficulties. It's good to have friends like Richard, you know, uh, because what it does, quite frankly, is it toughens you up. Um, because, you know, if you've got friends like Richard, you can't have low self-esteem, can you? Because otherwise, by now, it will be all over. He didn't even look embarrassed when he went, oh, are you not in that one? Oh, I really like that one. <laughs> oh, were you not in that one? I didn't even notice. Didn't even notice you weren't there. That's how good you are. Yeah. Thanks. It's a good job, I love old Richie Rich. Uh, I do love. Well, I'm I'm hoping that Sam, who I don't who I don't know, his wife will come on the pod now that she's listened to Richard, um, and um, she'll go. Oh, it's not scary. It's not difficult to do. It's just two people who want to promote the industry, chit chatting and having a few laughs, and she'll tell us all about what she's up to. But hopefully, she'll spare us, even if it's only ten minutes. It would be nice. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Sam, let us know. Come and jump on the pod. You can you can tell us some intimate, deep, dark secrets about Richard. That'd be fun. Oh God! What have you got to tell the listener to do? Always switch the gas off. Uh, yeah, okay, that's a good one. Yes, it's a, it's it's something to live by. Like, subscribe, review, five stars, comment. Yes, tick a box. No. If you could say nice things about Harry and I, that'd be really, really lovely. Thank you. That would be nice. Follow us on the social medias. We're on the Gavel and Gavel at Twitter. We're the Gavel and Gavel at Instagram. Um, we've got look um, up, some more cracking. Hey, look up Bridport Antiques. Look up the alleyways, Bridport. Look up the whole scene in Bridport, which you're going to love. Let's end on that, mate. That's a good note. Cheers. Take care, buddy. Cheers, pal.